what, what, what are you doing over there? N- n- nothing. Just watching this documentary about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Are you sure? Because I heard some sounds. No, no. Yeah, that, that, that sound. What's, oh, what's that? that? Uh, uh, I'm just a bit gassy. Mm-hmm. Is that is that so? Yeah, there it is again. What you need to tell me what's going on here? What, what what's happening? Um. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, you know, I found that cool rock. Yeah. And and I brought it home, and I was like, "This is cool rock. I'm gonna love this rock." I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it right by the radiator where it, where it will look adorable and to be a yeah cool rock. yeah. You've been warming that rock for a while. It wasn't a rock. Wasn't a rock. Yeah, it kind of hatched. So I think that foregoes the whole rock aspect of it. I suppose. Yeah. So mm, I have a dragon now. Oh. And my plan is, if I train it to hate billionaires, then then it will eat all the billionaires when it grows up big and strong. And I... we can destroy capitalism with my dragon. I mean, I like the theory. I like, I like the theory. His name is Red, because he's a red dragon and also a fierce communist. I mean, that's certainly going to help. That's right. You eat that. You're going to eat that one. And the bald one. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're, we're married types... We do we do little voices and silly silly voices and skits and try and make each other laugh and we catch that. up on the media we've consumed in the week. Media. We talk about the things we have we have put into ourselves media wise. Ah. Gorged on media. What have you been playing this week? I've been playing. Ooh, playing. Well, technically not something we played this week. Technically something we played last week, and but I forgot, forgot to, to talk mention about last week, as uh, sometimes happens. Yeah, uh, we played through uh, an unlock box, the whole thing in we, one night. <laughs> we did. We've talked about unlock before. It is a uh, a series of uh, escape room in a box things. Escape room puzzles. Yeah, uh, an adventure type thing. Yeah. There'll be some kind of a narrative going on, and you're largely trying to combine like. You're trying to spot numbers in images to get yourself cards that might be a blue or red half of a pair, and if you try and put a blue and a red together, they'll add up to a number, and if that number's in a deck, huzzah, you get the thing, work your way through a little mystery. There might be machines in there that you have to learn how to operate. Yep. There might be uh, some some AR-type stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, there was some interesting stuff in this one. Yeah, so um, this was the game adventure box. Yes. And it's all based on various board games. Yes, so it was based on three board games that we've uh, we've at least played. Uh, two of them are definitely fairly regular ones in our rotation, and yeah. one of them was a little more of a, yeah, we've played that. We've definitely played that. Uh, so there was an adventure based on what? Ticket to Ride? First one was Ticket to Ride, which we've played with, uh, we played the base game with uh, your mum and dad. Oh, yes. Um, 
We uh we the, the second one was Mysterium. Uh oh yeah, Mysterium, yes. Mysterium, which we've uh been we we've played a decent amount of that. I think we yeah. talked about it a lot here. It's uh sort of a murder mystery thing. And the last one was Pandemic, which yes. we've talked about an awful lot on this show. Yeah. And it was just fun theming. Yeah. Uh, with regards to that, obviously the the ticket to ride one had sort of a murder mystery vibe of yeah. you're you're on a train and oh there's a mystery and there's all all things happening and work out how to get into this carriage and investigate certain things and obviously no spoilers but yeah, yeah that was a fun little story of, of the three i feel like ticket to ride maybe did the least to directly tie itself to the mechanics of its uh the game it's based on i think it would be hard to to be yeah. honest it's it was thematically it's on a train yeah um and it was a nice little adventure on a train. I think it's Mysterium and Pandemics ones that, without getting in too much into specifics, I think did much more interesting jobs of combining mechanics that felt thematic to the games they were based on, as well as like the tonal theming. I mean, I don't think it's spoilers to say that it's the Mysterium one is based on the concept of somebody has died and you are a medium, and that is... That is what the game Mysterium is about as well. Yeah. Um, so in this case, you're trying to sort of decipher clues from around the building, um, gain various bits and try and work out what, what all those mean, and then coming together to, to find a solution and, uh, and and work work out that. No spoilers, but yeah, that's yeah. that was a, a fun little murder mystery that did some really cool things with um, the arrangements of the cards... And uh, sort of maps and things that we found. The the Mysterium one I really, really enjoyed once we got over one initial hurdle where there was <laughs> one puzzle right near the beginning. and It was it too was, obvious. It was staring us right in the face and we just completely could not... We couldn't see the forest for the trees, I yep. think is the phrase. Yeah. Um. Once we got past that, it flowed really well. It was just... Yeah. It, it was too obvious and therefore we struggled. Yes, we, we were looking at it and... Trying to overthink it a yeah, bit. Massively. Yes. Um, the pandemic one I thought was fantastically put together. Hugely thematic for for the yeah. uh, pandemic theme. You've got like a, a board representing the um, like pandemic world map. You've got uh, cards representing uh, various uh, roles that you can play. Yeah. So we had like the... I think the quarantine expert was in there and the yeah. dispatcher and things like that. You had a little so, map that you could put your... Uh, you had disease cubes to pop on your yeah, little map. you got a small bag of disease cubes to try yeah. and work out and you've got to literally go to these places and like take samples of the disease and try and find that, like look at it under a microscope and try yeah. and work out what a cure would be for that. I, I think my favourite thing about the pandemic one is it had mechanics of its own that honestly wouldn't have felt that out of place in actual pandemic. Yeah. Like... It came up with its own ideas where I was like, oh yeah, if you sort of, you could make this into an expansion for Pandemic and be like, oh yeah, it's the inspecting things under a microscope. Yeah. A little expansion. Yeah, you could do, you could do something like that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was really nice, really thematic. And, and it did interesting things. And the good thing about the unlock boxes is you can just finish them and pass them on. So, yeah, they're not like, um, is it the exit ones that occasionally involve destroying components? Almost entirely involve yeah. destroying things, and cutting bits out. Or... And there's one of the other companies that has like 
a, a set number of single-use digital codes to use them. Yeah, we don't talk about that one. Yeah, I forget what that company's called. But Unlock's pretty good at like making them resettable and passable. And yeah. yeah, this was this was a really fun like like you know afternoon of doing puzzles together. Yeah, it was it was it was nice to sit down. Uh, we we got the I, I I got the boxes as a hatching day gift, so it was. Nice to sort of sit down and do them, and and I think previously with these sort of things, we, I think we were passed on a uh, a an unlock box from some from some of our local board game friends. Yeah. So we will probably end up passing this to them, and then on to the next people in our chain. Yeah. Who knows? That that that's just going to be a thing of of passing games around that little chain of people. It's 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 you know it's nice to do and fun and. We have a lot of fun with those, and and I do like the fact that they are reusable, if not necessarily by the people who initially started with them. But if you get, like, a bunch of people who are into that kind of thing, you can probably, you know, form chains and and start sending them along to various people. The last one we did, we put a little note in the bottom of the box to be like, we played this first and we finished it. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it too. Maybe yeah. add your details and maybe send us an email and let us know that you you did it too. Yeah, pass it along. Yay! But uh, yeah, that was it seemed like a fun thing to do. What about you? What have you played? <gasps> oh, I've been playing <laughs> so much Hi-Fi Rush. What? Oh, Hi-Fi Rush is so good. I have to talk about this video game. So, uh, about a week ago. Uh, Xbox hosted their first, like, Nintendo Direct equivalent, uh, Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct, uh, and the only thing you need to know about it is they surprise announced and released the same day a game called Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, the name of it leaked that morning, a trailer and gameplay was shown in the evening, and then a couple of hours later it was playable. Wow. Uh, it, it is on Game Pass, if you don't have Game Pass, it is 30 quid. It is... Does one- have... Does have Denuvo. It has Denuvo on PC, unfortunately, it, that is what it is, but this game, for 30 quid, we've we've barely finished the first month of the year, and I'm very confident this will be in serious contention for my game of the year. Um, this is from Tango Gameworks, who are the studio behind The Evil Within, The Evil Within 2, and Ghostwire Tokyo. So they are known for, like, serious often, like, gritty kind of horror-themed games. And it is a beautifully colourful, cel-shaded music rhythm game, but also a character action game. It feels like if you try to mix something like Cadence of Hyrule or that sort of thing with a Devil May Cry, but it was colourful and neon and over the top. Um, The art style is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's the most immediately noticeable thing about this game, is that... It is one of the most, like, well-realized, cel-shaded 3D art styles I've ever seen. I think it's gonna yeah. it's gonna hold up visually very well for a long time. Yeah, I think it's gonna have that Wind Waker type thing of... Yeah. If people joke about it now, and I don't think they are, but, yeah. you know, in ten years' time, I think it's still gonna look as good as it does today, and, exactly. and it's not gonna lose anything by, by having that stylized it's, thing. It's got, like, great, great use of colour, but also, like, very bold outlines around characters... Good use of like um, comic style dot matrix uh, shading, uh, all runs really smoothly. Um, this game is just like putting aside the music rhythm element. It is a very very competent uh, character action game. If you enjoy those sort of like 
here is a big move list and a bunch of combos to learn and fight a bunch of like tough enemies and go through a bunch of waves of bosses. This is a really good one of those. But where it really excels is how well it incorporates its music rhythm theming. Mm. Um, all of the levels are set to music and uh, if you attack, uh, all of your attacks will always hit on the beat. No matter when you press the button, they'll always hit on the beat, which makes you feel like you're powerful, like you're doing things correctly, everything flows really nice. But if you actually do hit the button on the beat correctly, you get a little bonus, mm-hmm. and certain bits of your combo will will happen if you like. Oh, I I hit this this note exactly on the note, and I got a little finisher at the end of my combo, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot more accessible to get into than a lot of music rhythm based things are because of that. You can hit the button whenever you want, and it will still do the attack. But it really rewards you with little flourishes for putting them in that effort to be on the beat. Mm. That combination works really nicely. Um, It is over the top and exaggerated and silly, but it fully commits to that. Um, This is a game that is very clearly built out of a love of uh, a very specific kind of anime. Um, There is an entire uh, level and boss that is very clearly Jojo's Bizarre Adventure inspired, for example. Like, it wears its inspirations on its sleeve, but it's unashamed about the fact that it's like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit exaggerated, a little bit nonsense, but it never shies away from that. It never tries to be anything less than turned up to 11 in that regard. Um, Mechanically incredibly satisfying. The music's great. Um... So the music, like, as default, uh, boss fights are set to pieces of licensed music. There's Uh stuff from, like, The Prodigy, Nine Inch Nails, a bunch of bands. I'm really impressed at how good the, like, streamer mode alternate music for if you're playing on Twitch and you don't want to get DMCA'd is. Uh, I've not played... I've done a whole playthrough with the, like, original Bethesda-made soundtrack or, like, Mm. Tango-made soundtrack. And I've played a couple of bosses with the licensed music. I honestly prefer the streamer mode original tracks. I think they're great. I think, like, it, it's always impressive to me when it's like, oh, yeah, yeah no, no, I'll turn off the licensed music. This is this is the good shit. <laughs> um, and so many people will never experience that. Exactly. But it's a nice little treat that I'm like, if you're enjoying this game and you're going to do a second playthrough of some of these levels, try with try in streamer mode because, like, there's good tracks in there. Mm-hmm. Um... Really fun, exaggerated characters. Um, there's nothing I don't like about this game, really. Um, the closest I have to a complaint is the final boss of the game, spoiler free. Um, one of the phases of the final boss fight kind of breaks the rules established earlier by the game. Oh no. And I had a couple of deaths working out what it wanted from me, and I felt a little bit cheated in one phase of the final boss fight. Mm. That is the biggest complaint I can have about it, is of like, what was it, like five or six phases of that boss fight? One of them felt a little cheap. Mm. Um, The game constantly outdoes itself and one-ups itself. Um, Genuinely genuinely will be surprised if there is a game this year that like leapfrogs over this in my game of the year you know watch it Mm. is everything i i enjoy out of a game like this um i I, an hour into playing this the night it released i went and i went on twitter and was like i've only played an hour of this game but i'm pretty sure that uh hi-fi rush is going to be one of my game of the year contenders 
And now that I have finished, like, I've played up through the credits and then almost finished the post-game stuff. Yeah, no, I was totally right. I had I had the right gauge of my impression from, like, an hour in. I think it says you can't tell the the quality of a, of a bad game by just playing the first two hours. I mean, look, there's ways this could have fucked itself up, but, like... It was very much a case of, I am loving this, as long as it doesn't make any major fumbles. Amazing. Um, it is right up there for me with, like... I I love these kind of, like, narrative-heavy music as gameplay titles. This is going to go on that collection alongside, like, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Wonder Song, of, like, games I go back and play every now and then when I'm just looking for music-themed gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is really good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's so good. It's so good. Hey. Yeah. Oh. has a bunch of really good accessibility settings. Also, um, the whole level design... Sorry, I keep thinking of things I say about it. <laughs> I really like that the, like... You can press the select button at any time to have just, like, a visual metronome on screen to, like, remind you of what the beat is, uh, if you struggle with hearing the beat. But also, a bunch of... Stuff on screen will always be bouncing in time with the beat, whether it's your footsteps as a character being on beat, the health bar just slightly bouncing on the beat. Um, like, so many elements in the game world sort of do things in with the beat just to remind you where the beat is. I'm like, mm, that's such a nice little touch. <laughs> what about you? What have you been playing? Oh, nothing quite so exciting. <laughs> I, I've been back and, and played a bunch of uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Oh, we played some of that the other yeah, day. Yeah, we did. How are you uh, finding it? It's, um, it's nice to be back playing it. Yeah. It's uh, been a while. As as long-term listeners will know, I completely burnt myself out playing through the first season of that. Yeah. In, like, two or three weeks. Yes. Because I sort of hadn't really played it much. I was having a bit of a rest because I played it a bunch. And then it was like, oh, there's a season pass and it's ending soon, nebulously. <laughs> like, I must get all the things. So I, I like, rushed through it, got all the things, and there was still like two weeks left at the end, but still fair, fairly close to the wire. Yeah. And I think I just, just massively burnt myself out on it. I, I didn't really care to play it much anymore. Uh, which is a shame. I m- I missed all of season two. I didn't like didn't go back into it at all. Yeah. Here we are now in season three, and I don't know how much of that is left. But I've you know I've I've had a nice time playing what's there now, enjoying the uh, enjoying the current uh, Lunar New Year stuff, which means there's a a little rabbit totem thing you can get, which gives you uh, double XP for the mission. Yeah. Which is quite nice for trying to get through all the uh, season pass stuff. Um, not super fast. I'm just sort of focusing mainly on the cosmetic things. Like, what is a cool cosmetic as opposed to what is all the cosmetics? Yeah. Uh, which which was a big thing last time. So I'm, I'm, you know, just going, yeah, I'll have that hairdo or that mask. <clears throat> yeah. Whatever sort of appeals in, in that sort of direction. So yeah, it's it's been nice to get back into it that way. The uh, new stuff that's going on with the meteor shower and the rock pops has been quite interesting, if a little aggravating, if in in higher difficulties. But uh, yeah, it's 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 nice to see new stuff and and that that game is still something I do want to play. 
even if I do occasionally need to take breaks when I've massively overdone it, trying to rush through content. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah, it's still space dwarves doing mining and going and getting stuff and just, just, it, it, it's still DRG. Uh, what about you? What have you played? It's just been, it's just been Hi-Fi Rush. It hasn't just been Hi-Fi Rush. I mean, that's been the, that's been the main thing. But you also play Vagrant Song. Oh, I did play Vagrant Song. You did? Was, yeah, I was thinking about things I played most of. It's just been <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. We did play Vagrant Song. Did we, we talked about the... Uh, no. We, nah, so this was a, this was a gift we got over the holidays. Yeah, this was uh, a holiday gift from, from uh, local game friends. Yeah, do you want to explain Vagrant Song? So, it's... It's an... Mm, it's kind of a tactics game, I guess. Yeah. With a lot of RNG because it largely resolves, uh, revolves around uh, dice rolling. Mm. So the theme is you are basically uh, hobos hoboing along uh, the uh, Great American Railroads. And there is a, a great video on the No Plan Included channel. About the 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 myth of a vagrant song and the mythology of that and the history of hoboing yes. and the uh, the ways that it sometimes has really interesting ideas and other times like completely conflates bits of history and culture in ways that are very strange. Yes, it's it's a bit of a mess in that regard. Yes, this probably isn't a game I'd have bought myself, but now I have it. It's like yeah. Oh, quite enjoying it so far yeah. uh, we played through the first two missions yes so first mission is sort of very much a tutorial of mm. you've come on board this train and it's now like an infinity train situation where you're yeah. going to be going on and your goal is basically to beat the humanity back into ghosts yeah you, I was gonna. I was gonna be like, no, no, no. There's more. New-. No, you basically there, there isn't beating the humanity into ghosts. Beating the humanity back into ghosts. There are g- ghosts uh, or haints, as they're called in 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 the game, and they have like a certain amount of of uh, a humanity threshold yeah. and a certain number of required breaks. Every hmm. time you beat enough humanity into a, a, a haint, they will uh, basically break. Which means you will progress one step closer to beating that particular level yeah. and defeating that haint. There will be potentially events uh, in uh, in a little uh, hidden bag that you're taking things out of. That's a little checkered little checkered gingham checkered bag that's <laughs> called the bindle. Appropriately, yeah. you have uh, numbers that might be across various bits of the board. So say if you get to like if you've broken the, the haint twice there might be a thing that you've got to got to unlock mm. so it's like okay go there go and read this passage and it might be that the haint becomes more aggressive or or changes its mood mm. because the ai also relies on things in the middle and it's so basically for the, for the uh for for a player's turn you will basically take some uh, place your coins on various actions you have three coins which select either which actions or how many of that action you'll do yeah. or how powerful that action will be. Yeah. You could spend all three coins on one action and potentially make that like super powerful and do one thing, but it will limit what you can do because yeah. your things are like move or hit the hit the enemy or explore or rummage through the bindle to try and get stuff. 
And I think the biggest one that sort of uh, exemplifies that you sometimes have to overcommit to things is investigation. Where sometimes you'll find a number on the board and before you know how successful or not you have to be at investigating that thing, you have to decide how many of your coins you're putting on investigate. That'll determine how many dice you're rolling. And maybe you need, you might need multiple successes to do that investigation. The the first time you won't have a clue, but uh, after that you will at least know how many you, uh, you need to do it. You have to balance that. Do I put all three of my coins on there to make sure I've got as many dice as possible to try and get multiple successes at the risk of, oh, I only needed one success, I didn't need to do that, versus I only put one on there and it needed at least two successes, I literally can't do this. Yeah. It's um it's it's a fascinating system that they've created. Yeah. I I I like the uh the the transparent uh, acrylic standees they've got. Yep. So they're all all the standees instead of being like cardboard are transparent uh, acrylic with like a print on them and mm. they are incredibly vibrant. They look great on the board. The the way that the three boxcars together form this constantly evolving board throughout mm. the entire campaign is quite interesting. We we as I say we're we're two uh, two missions deep so far, so we've defeated the turned faces. Yeah. Uh, which were like a family of three seemingly, and no matter which way you turned the standee around, they were always facing away from you. Yeah. Mm. One and... one of those r- moments where this game had a good idea. Yeah. There's some of them in there, there's just some, in amongst some like, you yeah, didn't what, quite get that. What this? What will happen here? But yeah, I've, I've enjoyed playing it. Yeah. I am curious where the story is going, how big this story is, because there seems to be quite a lot in the book. I, I think it was you that said while we were playing this that it, and I, I, I agree with you on this, that it reminded you of like a... Uh, like a Gloomhaven light, a little bit in terms of like it's it's lighter and more random. It is lighter and more random, but it's got that same sort of casual dungeon crawl multiplayer vibe to it. I don't know. I mean, Jaws of the Lion is quite casual, but like Gloomhaven and Frosthaven are not yeah, particularly yeah. casual. I, I I say this like very specifically thinking Jaws of the Lion yeah. and like early Jaws of the Lion missions. Yeah, that, that sort, sort of... of like just getting to know, and, and we don't know how much more deep it's going to get, but as far as I can tell, it's not going to get super difficult because we've seen as far as I'm aware, that uh, all of the sort of props that can go on the board and things like that. The Mm. only thing I think that could surprise us if it's one of those games where it's like, aha, you've got to this point. Now look under the the inserts. There's a bunch of extra components back there. Woo! I mean, I'd never put that past a game like this. I wouldn't put it past it like this either. There's been a couple of times I've been tempted to peek and it's like, nope, don't do it. Don't look look until you're told. Yeah. So, I mean, and and I think games like this have sort of got got me into that mindset of don't go poking through the box too closely. Yeah. But, um... It's interesting. It's um, I'm enjoying it so far. It's um, I would be curious what this is like in larger player counts. Yeah. But as is, I I am enjoying it as at its current state. We are, we you have the sort of main mission section, and once you've defeated the mission, you have uh, this sort of camp phase yes. where you can like pool any money you've gained during the level and your your own coins, and spend that to get power-ups, get um, special skills, get, uh, like, 
um, you can do a seance to get special powers in the next mission. You can uh, save. You can you can you can um, like just save the game at that point and and pack it back in the box. There's a quite convenient way for doing that. You, then you have to witness the in between, which is like a a special similar to the road cards in Jaws the Lion and Gloomhaven yeah. of just okay. We're gonna read a thing. Everyone's gonna make a decision, and rather than it being a group decision. You secretly choose A, B, or C. Everyone's revealed, and then each person gets benefits or or not from from those particular options. Yeah. I will say the one of them we've had so far felt a little random. Chance that wasn't really a way to know. Yes, it it, it compared this to something like um, Jaws of the Lion. I never in that felt like the town cards. It's like ah. That that consequence I got for that choice was completely unforeseeable. Yeah, I could have I could have guessed that could have worked yeah. out that way. Yeah, uh, I mean, without too many spoilers, the 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 like the in between for the first mission is basically you are experiencing a sensation. What's the sensation? Are you slightly confused? Uh, do you feel basically okay, but a bit unsure about something, uh, or? Does this remind you of a long time ago, but it's not as comforting as it should be? Well, it was, and, and that's basically yeah. Like that, that's paraphrasing. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a bit of sensory data and a feeling. Pick between those. Oops! Turns out one of those three gets you nothing, but two of them were important feelings and scent and memories. One of them was just like nah. It's like. Yes, get the two autistic people to pick between the senses yeah. and feelings of other people. How am I supposed to know that this smell and associated feeling is relevant? <laughs> or not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, I would be curious yeah. to see what, what sort of further things happen with that. Agreed. But that is, that is what we found so far. And yeah, yeah, it's, 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 I'm glad we're doing it. And I think this will be another one because it's that sort of campaign of we can pop it all together at the end of it and pass it on to yeah. more people to try out. But um, I also like the fact that, like, one of the first... As soon as you open it, there's, like, a piece of card on the on the front that's like, hey, there's this page in the back of the manual that you're going to have to, like, pencil mark with your progress to, like, do the campaign bits of the game. But also, if you go to the website, you can print them off. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, and we did that, so... We we don't have to write in the back of the book, which means we can pass it on without injury. <laughs> Entirely resettable. Woo! Always uh, appreciated. I yeah, because especially with something with acrylic standees, like don't make that just waste at the end of this. Yeah. I mean, I've, we we've talked about this with with um, legacy games before. I I really prefer it when something like Exit, like it was all paper. So yeah. you can just, although it is like, okay, that's all gone now, but you can just stick it in the recycling yeah. at the end of it. Whereas something like Pandemic, I think, did a decent job of keeping plastic stuff to to a fair minimum. And at the very least, the plastic components in that were the sort of generic thing you could probably reuse with a different game down yeah. the line. And and through various reasons, either through upgraded board bits or because uh, occasionally we've got Kickstarters that have come with the original like cardboard tokens and upgraded tokens. Yeah. We now have a Pandemic Legacy Season 2 box that's just full of 
bits from games that we don't necessarily need for one reason or another. Yeah. But so uh, yeah, it's it it's interesting. The art style was a choice. Yeah. I, I think I've uh, recent years like learning the history and stuff and following the kinds of YouTube creators I do, I am a little bit more wary of anything that chooses to use the rubber hose animation style. Yes. Especially having looked at that no pun included video where yeah. they were talking about here's the early art and it doesn't have that style at all. Yes, and particularly when you're in a world where like things like Cuphead came out and there was a lot of discussion about the origins of rubber hose and the yeah. problems associated with it and you then look at a, a team making a game that decided to change from an art style into rubber hose you go you probably didn't do that unknowingly. Or they did and they didn't think about it enough, or they don't yeah. know enough about the history. And I think that was the same thing that happened with Cuphead, that they got into it and I don't know if they knew enough about the history around Rubber Hose. It's, it's one of those things that, like, the use of Rubber Hose here feels very similar to uh, that video we were watching about Vagrant Story that discussed the fact that, like, Haint Blue was a colour specifically used for warding off haints, but this game has made... The, the haints, haints are blue. They're made out of haint blue, uh, the thing that they're supposed to be warded away by. It's one of those, like... It seems like there was some... We sort of know that this is kind of period-appropriate or something to do with the topic, but haven't stopped to go, what does this actually mean or what is its importance and do we want to convey that? We had some ideas. We jammed them all together. Hi, we're Dan Brown of Board Games. Yeah. It's got that vibe, which is why I wouldn't have bought it myself, because I think I watched that video probably shortly after Vagrant Song came out. Yes. So I'd sort of put it on the, nah, it's it's interesting, but I wouldn't have got it. But since it was a gift, I'm like, oh, we'll give it a go. And yes. you know, we, we will report back on, on if anything seems super problematic as we go further in. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so far, then, I think, We've had uh, some decent diversity from the cast. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm playing the uh, what's she the curse breaker? Yes. And you know she's wearing like um, she has a head covering. Yeah. And we've got also the uh, I can't remember what his name is the the guy that's mostly green with the the bindle. Um, oh, he is. Yes. He seems to be a black character. Then you've got the empress who is white. I guess that makes sense. The songs, characters we didn't pick, and the yeah. the nihilist we didn't pick the nihilist, the empress, or the songsmith. Yeah, basically we picked the only two girls. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, that's all I've played, really. I could talk more about Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, Hi-Fi Rush next week. It's so good. So some week. Oh yeah. Well, uh, next week. Next week, maybe it'll be far enough that a way that I can talk about the the post game stuff I've been uh, doing. Well, Ooh. you can talk about whether you enjoyed all the all the post game stuff by then. I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. Ooh. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Greetings. Uh, hello. Have you perils? I I do have perils. I have like bills and rent and stuff. Mm. Do you struggling to find full-time work? I mean, uh, yeah, the economy's not great right now. Affordable housing. I would. I don't have that, but I'd appreciate that. Would you like unlimited laser time? 
Yes, that sounds like a little too good to be true, but yes, I would. Come work for the giant evil Roboco. Wait, evil Roboco? Giant evil Roboco. Oh, one word. Okay, well, it sounds like it was multiple words, one of which was evil. No, one word. Giant evil Roboco. Okay. It's not at all sinister. Uh, mm, I'm not convinced. Fellow human, I, I think you would mm. very much enjoy the working for Giant Evil Roboco. H- humans don't often say fellow human. Oh, I, I, colleague human, you will, you will enjoy it. We, 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 we won't, definitely won't be using you just as a battery in our Matrix that we learned from watching the Matrix. I mean, no other companies are offering me affordable housing. Sure, fine. How bad could this be? Hello and welcome back everyone, we've got a wonderful video for you today, Uh, many of you in the comments keep asking, I'd like to get into video streaming just like you, and you know, what do I need as the very basic entry point to get into streaming? So I thought, uh, me with my uh, 3.2 million followers here, would tell you everything you need to know for day one becoming a streamer. Now. Some people out there will tell you it's absolutely fine to start with a little 30 quid, you know, like a Blue Yeti or something, one of those USB microphones. What I say to them is, if you don't have crystal clear audio from day one, your stream viewers will throw you in the trash, you will be less than the shit on their shoe. USB microphone, USB get in the fucking bin. If you are spending less than £700 on a microphone, your first stream will be a a disaster, a dumpster fire, you will have the worst stream anyone's ever had. Now, now, you know, getting onto cameras, cameras, uh, you know, some people say they're not necessarily relevant when you're starting, maybe just have gameplay on screen and just have your voice. Absolutely false. Forget it, forget it, forget it. If you are not investing from day one into a cinema-grade camera that you can connect to your capture card in your very expensive PC, what are you even bothering with? Do you even want to be a streamer? Because you are essentially doing nothing. If you are not spending three grand on your camera, why even bother streaming? Right, uh, any any questions in the chat? We got any questions in the chat? Uh, no, 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 chat, no, chat, no. Those of you who think you've watched streams that from people who have low quality settings, you are wrong. I do not care what you think, you are wrong. Those setups cost a lot of money. I'm right. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, Make sure to click like and subscribe. So, what have you put in your eyes? Uh, we watched a new episode of Game Changer. We did! That, uh, that game show that changes the, the, the rules every week and no one knows what it is until they're playing it over yeah. a dropout. Uh, this one was called As a Cucumber. As a Cucumber. Yeah. Um, I thought this was another of their, like, of the every now and then they'll partly be because there's there's bits that go up on TikTok. Yeah, every now and then there'll be an episode of Game Changer where I'm like, this th- this one you were onto a winner. You had a really good idea here. Mm. Um, it. I, I, how much do we say about the concept of this episode? From the TikTok, it came yeah. across that perhaps the purpose of the episode was another one to wind up Brennan. It, that that did seem to be the purpose. And kind of, but no. Not entirely what's going on. Um, 
how about we put you through a bunch of scenarios and you have to stay calm? I think that as a much. Cucumber. Yeah, cool as a cucumber, as it were. Um, I think they found a neat way of mechanically scoring the thing they wanted to be scoring. Yes. And had some really fun prompts to work with. Yeah. I continue to very much enjoy Game Changer. It, yeah. Not every episode is like a complete slam at, at the park for me, but like, it is. I like it in the same way I like anthology series. I like. Try a bunch of little things and see what works. It is a show I'm always happy to watch. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all good. What about you? What do you watch this week? Uh we watched we watched a film. Oh, we did. We watched the menu. We did. How how do we describe the menu? It's a, it's a good film. <laughs> what if a bunch of toffs went to an island where there was a fancy restaurant and? A celebrity chef, kind of, who has become to to the point where people this this is the kind of restaurant where people are lucky if they've ever come here once. It it feels sort of like uh, not quite the same vibe, but in the category of like celebrities who go and get the Salt Bay guy who who did that like sprinkling of salt meme once and go to his restaurant to have his like gold covered meat or whatever that he serves because he's a hot guy from a meme that is a chef um where it's like you don't necessarily go to see that person at that level of price at that level of fame for the food you're going to be able to say you went and ate at so-and-so's restaurant yeah it's there's there's a bit of that like like dinner at the ritz and going to like one of marco pierre white's restaurants and that sort of thing going to a place that's the michelin star restaurant so you can tell people you went to a michelin star restaurant like that kind of yeah that sort of thing yeah but like people with obscene amounts of money who are just don't really value the thing. They value the 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 cred of it. Yes. And um, yeah, there's some interesting things, and it is, it's it's a thriller. So yeah. make of that what you will. I'll, I'll say this: it feels like I I've been thinking about what to compare this to, and it feels like a horror counterpart to something like Glass Onion, in that it's. Ah, where it's it's obviously not like one to one, but it feels like it's dabbling in some of the same space with some of the same themes, with some of the same like, um, philosophy behind what it's trying to get across. The ultra wealthy, the breaking down of the characters versus the uh, persona, yeah, um, that sort of things. Yeah, I, I can I can see it's, that sort of. It's thing. got a bit of that, but it's much more of a basically single setting film. Yeah that I think has, like, impeccable pacing. I think the thing this film does very well is it... uh, It balances uh, tension and payoff in a very limited space very well. Um, For a film that is quite heavy and quite serious and quite, like, dark and scary in places, masterful use of comedy, just enough for little bits of levity. Yeah, it's it's comedy is dark, but beautifully timed and yeah. so snarky. It's, again, like, it feels at home with stuff like, say, Jordan... Uh, not necessarily Jordan Peele's horror films by themselves, but Jordan <sighs> Peele's overall career in that sort of sense of 
it feels like it's come from a background of someone that knows that horror and comedy are, you know, different ways you can release tension and, yes. and subvert expectation. And this is very effective at just a little joke, just a little well-placed joke here and there to, okay, okay, I can breathe for a second before it restarts the build. Mm. Um, Wonderful performances. Yeah, wonderful performances, beautifully acted. Yeah. Uh, the ending is stunning. There's there's multiple times where this film isn't... I thought I had a handle on what it was going to be and then it caught me off guard in nice ways. Um, yeah, it it is a masterwork in terms of knowing when the most impactful moment to release tension is. Yeah, and, and it does that, oh. as we said, in, in like a number of ways, either through humour or, or violence. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think I think that is a, a cracking film, and yeah, yeah I, I, I had a good time with it. Uh, yeah, the, the, if, if, that, that's, if all of this sounds interesting to you, read up nothing more, go watch it. It's, yeah. it's great. It's, it's funny, because I yeah. had been like, uh, I'm just gonna look like up like a list of of like psychological thrillers to to yeah. watch because I'm in in a mood for that, and then I ended up not watching anything on that list, and instead just getting on with a bunch of work stuff. Yeah. And then the next day you were like, "We could do the thing." I was like, "Okay, yeah. we'll do the thing." I I kept seeing TikToks from someone who I enjoy their media criticism. Yeah. Um, do like, I kept seeing the very beginnings of TikToks they'd made about like various courses during the meal okay um and i was like okay if this is a film that has lots of like distinct solid scenes that are worthy of their own like breakdown of individual scenes i'm like okay okay I, the idea seemed interesting i should probably watch it mm. yeah i don't have any film criticism tiktok I, I, I need to i need to move into that tiktok's been good for me it's it's it got me on to um uh severance yeah uh pushed me to watch the menu yeah it, amphibia it's, yeah it's it's pushed me in some good directions yeah. well <sighs> the menu's so good have you watched anything else uh i have not watched much else um I watched the Xbox and Bethesda developer direct, as I said earlier. Literally the only thing like of note about it was his gameplay for four games that have already been announced that you already know when when they're coming out. His the surprise drop for uh um uh Hi-Fi Rush. Hi Rush. The thing I will say is it really feels like the surprise drop of that game out of nowhere and it's available tonight. Felt like Microsoft or Xbox making a big swing to be like these are worth watching. Cons take our Nintendo Direct competitors seriously. Yeah. Uh, more so than I think, like, I don't think Sony's state of play has ever quite this well achieved. Yeah, we're a serious thing that you should tune in for, even if it's just for that one surprise, the way that Microsoft did here. So I think kind of impressive job they did. Hmm. Uh, the... Other thing that we watched, uh, we watched together was uh, people make games on YouTube. Oh yes, uh, their their latest uh, documentary, "Working at Valve: A Fearless Adventure or Lord of the Flies," uh, which it's is that second one, isn't it? It might be that second one. Um, a really interesting deep dive into the company structure, like workplace structure at Valve. Yes. Um. And how it is sort of presented to get people in the door, and how it works in practice, 
and the kinds of people and projects that it disadvantages. Yes. Um, the short version being, Valve has a no one is a boss, everyone works on whatever they want to work on structure. And that sounds great on paper, but largely benefits cis straight white men of a certain disposition from a certain background uh, that can fit into a certain social setting. And despite claiming that there there are no bosses, there are very definitely bosses. Especially Gabe, who says he is the least boss of anyone. Yes, and that whole power structure is kind of fascinating. Fascinating and desi- I think I feel like intrinsically designed to just basically, like capitalism, set everyone against each other to try and be like just working to a ridiculous standard that they're probably not necessarily being paid for. Yeah. But that's capitalism, baby. That is indeed capitalism, baby. But uh, yes, it's um go watch it. It's 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 well researched. It's very interesting and I'm I'm sure a lot of you can probably guess all the awful things that 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 is that 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 is Valve, but uh yeah, maybe maybe that's uh, maybe maybe that's not maybe there's more to it. Maybe you don't know. Give it a little watch. We yeah. we watched it. It's I, what, like thirty forty minutes long. Yeah, I continue to be a big fan of people make games. Yeah, they work. Good stuff. They are consistently right on the money on these things. I I appreciate the the documentaries they do and learning about more about the sort of stuff that we take for granted when playing video games, even though we you know try to do a decent job of. Keeping on top of these things, I'm constantly yeah. surprised because, weirdly, like I expect to hear most of it from the likes of Jason Schreier or yeah. Steph, and I'm always surprised that they have things on people make games about stuff that I've not necessarily heard of before. I I think the thing to be said is that Jason Schreier is very good at. Uh, this is a thing that's ongoing right now that is breaking that is happening. Mm. I will report on it as it's happening. People make games are very good at finding things that have been ongoing for a long time. Here is an endemic and problem. Have been endemic enough that like they're not interesting breaking news enough to get headlines. Yeah. But that really should have more attention on them than oh. they have historically had. Yeah. That is a niche that they fill very well. Oh yes. Uh, have you watched anything else? Uh, that's it for me, really, I think. What about you? Have you watched me? Aliens? Well, well, event of the century. Yeah? Event of the event of the year, certainly. And we're very early on in the year. So, uh, there is a channel on TikTok called See Ya Later. Yay. S-E-A dot Y-A dot Later. And uh, they do a series called Hell's Bells. Yes, this is a bunch of skits uh, played by one person. A bunch of characters in hell. Play a bunch of characters in hell. And they basically work the help desk to else. And it's a combination of assholes who are just the kind of horrible entitled people they were in life coming up to the desk demand- demanding that there's been a mistake, demanding to speak to the manager, this, that and the other. And it's quite fascinating that the amount of stuff that's come out of this... Like, See Later makes videos pretty much every day, and has done for a long time. Yeah, creating so much so cre- that quite like, the rich lore, 
oh yeah, like the the lore is pretty intense. I this was one of the first channels I stumbled to, into on TikTok, and it's one I still very much look forward to all the new content for. So they made a video the other day, being like, "Hey, um, I'm having some trouble with TikTok, and I've Ooh. got to create an escape plan just in case. So I've got a YouTube channel if you want, if you want to try that." I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go over there, subscribe, see what do. And popped over and was like, oh, there's like four compilations of Hell's Bells right from the beginning. Stuff I've never seen before because that's just the way TikTok serves you. Unless you go into the the playlist, you're probably not going to see it all. So it was nice to be like, uh, just just watch two hours of, of Hell's Bells the other day. I didn't realise quite how much content there was. So it was nice to do that. And then, like, the thing that was on the end of that was, hey, um, the wedding is 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 done. We finished filming the wedding. So if you, if you follow the series, two of the characters have been... It's gone from just, like, meeting, flirting, being very shy, and, and all the lore about that. And then we've had... Months of, like, preparing for the wedding, who's going to be uh, officiating it, which of the which of the many pantheons of, <laughs> of basically uh, all after all possible afterlives, which pantheon is is uh, going to give um, going to give the main character or one of the main characters away. And then we had like a whole lot of uh, there was like a, a, a battle, just like a battle royale of. <laughs> Like snipers and all the gods of war and various people trying to to win the position of 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 officiating on this, so it's been like a fun thing on top of all the customer service stuff. Warning for the series: it does get pretty heavy sometimes. Yeah. Like uh, Ch- Sharky is a character who uh, they are non-binary and they dress in a, a shark onesie. They like this. Their origin story is really sad. Like I listened to it the second time the other day in the, as part of this combo, and I was still in tears again because it is so sad. Um, but it's there, there, and there's like people, things that people, people turning up from uh, the characters' pasts, and like the trauma that might be related to. Some people come to hell and they're only there for level one, which is basically just therapy. You were badly educated throughout your life. You made some shitty decisions. We, we're going to put you in therapy for a bit and then maybe you can reincarn- reincarnate if you're good. But if you're an absolute asshole, you might go down to level nine and with no possibility of redemption or reincarnation. Yeah. And then there's uh, what's... Um, is it employee, employee Appreciation Day? Happens yeah. once a year, which was where they basically unlock all the cells in hell and all the staff get baseball bats. <laughs> so they can go and beat up which, whichever uh, person. There was a whole thread for like uh, a couple of episodes of someone turns up at the help desk to complain that, uh, that they, uh, as usual, that they don't belong there. It turns out they worked for a medical insurance company. Mm-hmm. So and we had like people who were just like, "Hey, I died of a curable disease, but you wouldn't cover me," which I suppose is very prescient for for people in America. 
and then like the threats of okay that well that person's just that that person has their own special realm and sometimes people from heaven just come down just to beat the shit out of that person for the way they were treated and yeah it's 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 a bit cathartic to think that some of these people will would actually get some kind of punishment yeah. And also the kind of things of, we've had right really sweet episodes of characters who are like, oh no, I I I I deserve to be in hell because I I was gay. I tried to hide it. I shouldn't be. And then like, okay, well it's fine. We'll just ring up God, who will tell you why that's not the case that you don't and you're not wrong and you're not broken. It's really sweet. Yeah. And for something that seems to have originally been partially thrown away as kind of a joke. Has has got, has gone some places, Aww. and it's very it, it's a beautiful series. If you if you have an inclination, go check it out. If you're not a fan of the clock app, then there is a a lot of it to watch on YouTube if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Ah, uh, that's it for me. I think. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you find that you do not have time to read book? Ah, uh, sometimes I find that the case, indeed. Yeah. Do you do you have interest in reading book? I do have interest in reading books. But maybe a new book is is happening, and you're like, I would like to read a new book. Yeah, that but would be good. Like, so little time. So little time. Well, introducing this week's sponsor, BookPortal.lol.net. Oh, tell me more about this fascinating product and/or service. Well. What you gotta do, they will fit you with a special little portal in your head. Ooh. You can get it attached at the back, uh, on your, in your forehead, on top, wherever you prefer. There is a whole range of different options there. You can have like a special cover for it so that it's not uh, obvious all the time. But you just pop open your little portal and you just shove a book in. Ooh. All the knowledge immediately absorbed, all the experience right there for you. From minute one. Ooh. Book portal. Do you want to get the complete works of Shakespeare? Done. You need to learn a whole new thing? Done. Just shove the whole book right in your head. And it definitely hasn't caused any blindness, it says here. Uh, That's very reassuring. I better get that cover. I don't want to get water in the book hole when I'm swimming. Oh, yeah, you definitely don't want to... You don't. Yeah, you probably don't want to let anything that isn't a book into the book hole. Because you just know that then, I guess. I'm not ready to know water. Especially not chlorinated water. Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, I've got a weird one today. Right. Is this a problem? I mean, look, it should be a problem. Right. But it's not a problem, and it's a problem that it's not a problem. I'm very confused that it's not a problem. Well, I'm now confused that you're confused about this confusion. Right, right. So, uh... You know how we get a lot of paperwork across our desks every every week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I try to fob a lot of it off on the legal and the the one that brings us the coffee. Exactly, but sometimes you just gotta uh, sign a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and a bunch you know, of stuff just, happen. I I tend to just line them all up across my desk and then just sort of lazily just move my arm up and down. Right. So with a pen. Yeah, I do the same. So it's gonna be very difficult for us to tell which of us made the fuck up here because it's just a line across the page so it could have been either of us right that that new new ip that just uh just re- we just released uh, right that, that colorful uh beat em up one yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 the one that everyone's 
been loving and like, yeah he's, he's a like, lot of know, uh, good critical reception yeah, yeah, that numbers like, really going up on yeah that numbers one. really going up on that one one of us signed a bit of paper and that game got sold for uh, 30 bucks 30 bucks yeah not not 60 not 70 bucks i thought we'd agreed bucks. 70 bucks yeah but apparently one of us didn't look at a piece of paper and signed it and th- that game we could have charged 70 bucks for right Got sold for 30. Right. Can we maybe uh, hire someone to look at the uh, the ink on the paper and maybe they can analyze that and then we can work out who to blame? I mean, look, we can try and work it out. But the bigger problem or lack of problem is... I mean, we're we're I mean, we're just going to go bankrupt. Well, now, right? we're, well that's we're gonna, what I thought. I assumed we'd go bankrupt. We're going to be out on our asses. Yeah, you know, we, the one, I'm going to have to one, sell one of my yeah, yachts. One of our video games didn't sell for 70 bucks and therefore we're going to go out of business. The right. Mo- like the shareholders. Yeah, are be, you know, we're going to make an absolute loss. No money. Uh, terrible. I'm probably yeah. going to be assassinated. But like, look. Look at the forum. It's it's still making profit. Like, maybe not as much as it could have done, and I am upset. I as, mean, it is making like, a I'm, lot of profit. Yeah, look. Like, we're I, selling huge numbers yeah, of units Yeah, no, on apparently, it. lower price means more sell, which is getting us a lot of money. I don't get it. Yeah, no, because I thought if we sold it for anything lower than 70, we'd instantly have all of our mega yachts uh, repossessed. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how it works, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is how the shareholders have basically made me believe that things work. And I, myself, as a person with shares, understand that that's how things work. That's all how I always encourage companies to work when I'm at a shareholders meeting, you know, yeah. monetize it for as much money as possible. You know, we, we maybe put out yeah. one of those little surveys every now and again, like, how much would you consider too much to pay for a game? And then we just go with slightly over that, and then that's the consumer's problem. Yeah, but we haven't gone bankrupt. Right. And we are still making a profit, and I don't understand. We, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand, and I am deeply concerned that someone is going to ask us how much we lost... You know, based on these figures, you know, add 40 bucks to that. And, and you know, that's that's how much we've lost because we didn't spend the money. I mean, this is this is well, absolutely well, I I've, I've got an idea for that. Right. Thing, right so, right. you know, if the uh, you know, the press or anything asks us, because obviously they're going to be angling to be like, can you sell them for that price in future? Right. We don't lie. We don't say we made a loss. What we say is money we could have earned but didn't is a theoretical loss. So I think if we say there was a theoretical earnings loss as a result of the uh, uh, the cost, uh, cost, I don't think that's a lie. And I think that that, you know, keeps the illusion up that we have to sell the games for 70 bucks or we lose out on money. What if this was a treat for our fans, our loyal, loyal fans? A one-time, never-again treat. Yeah, you know, this was, you know, a, a special thing that we did out of the kindness and generosity of our hearts. And obviously we can't afford keep doing this but we did this because we value them we make it sound like it was you know for their benefit you are a fucking genius i know so what have you put in your ears uh well i talked a little bit about the band ls dunes last week uh because i've been i was gonna go out and see him play live and i did and you did yeah uh, but before I talk about seeing them live, I will talk about the the, the support band that played before them, uh, a single artist and a guitar, Keely Goldsworth. Oh yes, uh, really, really good opening act. Um, 
it is a tough job to be one person fairly quietly and like um subtly singing with a guitar in front of a crowd that has come for quite a loud fast-paced heavy rock band yes uh she did a very good job of like using humor and storytelling between songs to like get the audience on her side and get them to be quiet and engaging with her music Really, I was really impressed. Um, I've since come back and listened to some of her uh, her tracks online. Um, the live performance had been almost acoustic. Uh, she uses a lot more like you know rock, uh, like closer to rock guitars and drums in 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 the backing in the studio recorded tracks. And I'm like, yeah, that that's all right. I love the. She's one of those artists where I'm like, I really enjoyed your live performance, and I if I was gonna listen to if I listen to more of you, I'll probably try and find good live recordings of you. Mm. Very much reminds me of years ago seeing the Homeless Gospel Choir. Yeah. Um, the track Untitled, I just vastly prefer the live version to the recorded, because sometimes like no, there is something about your energy when you are in a room full of live listeners where you something special happens. Yeah. Um so yeah, really, really impressed uh, by by that opening act. Uh, not not a huge amount to say about Alice Dunes, other than they put on a very good live show. Um, I felt I felt old in the crowd. Um, in that usually I turn up like many, 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 many hours early for for rock shows, so I can be like on the barrier at the front. Mm-hmm. Didn't this time because we had book signing that we were doing and yeah. stuff like that. We had bits we wanted to do first. Um, so I turned up like an hour before doors, and you know I was I was able to get fairly near the front. It was the Electric Ballroom in Camden, which is like a small enough venue. You're never going to be that far back. Yeah. Um, but the second like the band came on stage, like. An ocean of phones went up to record uh, that stayed recording in portrait mode, I might add. <laughs> recording for like three or four for a song straight. And I'm like, I had my old woman yells at cloud moment <laughs> where I was like, look, ar- each one of you look around for like three seconds. See that there's like a hundred plus other people filming this moment. If you want to relive it later, Google LS Dunes, this date, this venue. You you'll be able to find all of these other people's footage. Enjoy have how enjoy the show that's happening in front of you. Have a have a, a bop along. Right. I I felt old, but then I did realize I was like, this has probably been going on a lot longer than I'm aware of. But I'm just usually on the front barrier. This is usually probably happening right behind me. Mm. Um. So like I was like, it's. I mean, it certainly happened at MCR. I can assure yeah. you that. Oh, for sure. Again, I usually. It's happening behind me, so I don't think about it. But this was one of my first experiences of being like, oh god, there's so many of you just just standing filming. <laughs> but had a good had a good dance. The crowd got real energetic. There was um not like violent in any way, but there was some really like going for it moshing going on. There was a few points where the whole crowd just like almost 45 degree angle to one side and then back up. There was some real sort of swaying of the crowd. Browser. Some sort of ocean motion. Um, <laughs> it was a it was a heck of a show. And because one of the support acts dropped out, I got home relatively early. It was great. Yeah, that, I think that was the other moment where you were that like, I feel moment. so old. It was like, mm, yeah, oh, yeah. someone's dropped out. So I get to go home and be in well, bed. <laughs> look, it's one of those, like, had the band, like the band I already knew and had come to see, if they had like more than one album's worth of material, I'd be like, 
Oh, man, go play a long set, like fill out the time that you normally would have finished, like make up the time for us. But I was like, you only have one album's worth of material. You can't stretch that out. It's fine. I'll take I'll take the early night. I'll hmm. I'll I'll enjoy it. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. Getting home from Camden can be a bit of a pain in the bum. It can be. What about you? What did you listen to this week? Uh, not a huge amount of listening this week, I'll be honest. Uh, there is a new music video up uh, from Pollyanna. Uh, the video oh. for Judas. Yeah. That was a cool video and a real good bouncy song. I think it's a cover. Yes, I don't I, know the original. I believe but... it's a cover of a Lady Gaga track. Oh, well, I really enjoyed it. And, and it was good bouncy. And and Pollyanna rocking real good as 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 usual. Um, I've tried to catch up a little bit with um just some podcast stuff that I've been mm. a bit behind on. Listen to a bunch of talking to women about video games which was every now and again there'll be like one series that drops slightly farther behind all the others and, <laughs> and that's been the one i'm like three episodes behind on that but yeah yeah it's always nice to, to listen to that show and uh find out like people who who make games and people yeah. who who work in the game industry in in different ways than just journalism yeah. you're wonderful you're fascinating dear but sometimes <laughs> it's interesting to hear different why perspectives not, um, yeah, if you're not listening to that show already, go listen to it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, no particular <laughs> reason why we'd say that right now. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> we, we, maybe we talked to, to, a, to a lovely Jonathan about video games. Maybe, maybe we did. Maybe, maybe we, we did. did. Who can say? Uh, have you listened to anything else? Yeah, that's it for me, really, this week. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, sorry. Ooh, correct yeah. myself. Uh, listen to, to some, uh, some, some new, uh, Fallout Boy. Oh, Fallout yes. Boy been releasing some new tracks. Yes, new Fallout Boy is good. Yeah. It reminded me of old Fallout Boy, which is good. Yeah, it's... uh The the best way I can describe it is, like, what if old Fallout Boy picked up some of the theatrics of, like, um... Uh, what, what was that, um... What was that Panic at the Disco track? Like, several years back now, um... Where Brendan Dury was turning into a demon during the video. Um, I do not know. Um... I had a chorus that said, find us, keep us, losers, weepers. Um, no, I can't remember the name of it. But um, The Emperor's New Clothes, I think it was called. Um, very theatrical, like, um, performance, um, storytelling kind of vibe. Lay it over original Fallout Boy. Um, singing about finding love love in the apocalypse. It's it's exaggerated, it's silly, but like they've really put in the whole heart and soul into it. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm I'm ready for Fallout Boy to come back and be making fun, fun, silly music. I'm ready for the music of my youth to still be, uh, my youth, uh, f- of my 20s to be returning, but with new material. Yeah. So I can get away with, I listen to new music. True, it's by the same bands I was it's, listening to 20 years it's, ago. It's new music <laughs> that I, I feel like that it, it sounds like Fallout Boy, but it doesn't sound like they're trying to be fallout boy who were still like in their 20s it, it, there's a certain degree of like okay yeah yeah we're making new stuff but we, 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 we're not afraid to mix it up a little i didn't listen to enough fallout boy back in the day so that's fair uh, i uh, i mean so yeah i think maybe i didn't i wouldn't know that their, their vibe as much but that's what fair. i've listened to is like yeah that that sounds like fallout boy I- and i enjoyed the 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 vibe the couple of tracks they have released, I've gone, yep, those are both pretty good bops. 
I'm I'm excited to see what else they've got they got cooking. Additional bops, please. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that that's all I've listened to this week. Well then, time for this. Oh God, this has been such an annoying week. Can I tell you about my week? It's yeah, what's so, up? It's been so annoying. So like. I I did a video this week. It's been doing right, great. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I right. mean, that's what we do. We do yeah, videos, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I, I did yeah. this great video. I would put it up on Content. YouTube where, like, uh, you know, I, I I cured a bunch of people's uh, a bunch of bunch of people's injuries. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the medical yeah, bills paid all their stuff. medical bills. But yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. because I got to make it content, obviously. All oh, right. I, I mean, that's what we that's what, yeah, that's what we do. do. I was like, you know, yeah, I'll I'll pay your medical bills, but like, I do want to put you on video showing you have a very happy moment having your medical bills paid. Yeah. You know, it's like you know that's the trade. Yeah, you go on on camera for me and be content and. I pay for your basic things you need to live. I mean, like, uh, like network TV's been doing this for years. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. So, like, I put it up and I'm like, ah, oh, everyone's going to be so happy at me because I helped a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, people started commenting and they were like, uh, oh, this is no different from when people film themselves giving money to homeless people. It's, What's uh, wrong with that? I well, mean, I well, film myself giving money to homeless people all the time. Well, you know, they, they keep, you know, people say that about the homeless stuff. They're like, oh, you're only giving money because, you know, uh, you're exploiting people at their lowest moment, moments they might not want on film, but if they want to have your money, they got to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. I've heard those complaints. But, like, what I did is totally different. Because, like... yeah. I did it for lots of people, and I had like high production value budget. Yeah, I mean your your camera is yeah. you know is is a good camera. You got great yeah. mics and like look, you got great lighting yeah. and like look. I get the complaints about the you know oh don't give money to homeless people on camera because they might not want people seeing them at their lowest. But like I wasn't doing that here. I was only taking people who how can it be in... their lowest when yeah. our figures are that high? Exactly. Like how can it be someone's lowest just because they're. Uh, so desperate for help with their medical bills that they agree to be on a random YouTube channel just to get their medical bills covered. Yeah, I mean, this is feel-good content. This is feel-good content. It makes people feel good about themselves, and what's wrong with feeling good? You know, making other people feel good. I feel good having hundreds of people's medical bills paid for attributed to me, me, the wonderful savior of everyone who saved everyone. Absolutely. You know, you're you're the savior, and you heal the sick, and you know, that's important. Just to be a savior, and not, you know, it's just a happy side effect. Why would you you not be the savior? I mean, do you want to not be the savior? Do you want to be the... I mean, it's not like you're out there, you know, taking these people homes exactly you're not the exactly. repossession right dude. Like, i don't understand why people can't just say i'm amazing i don't know you are so we've let the dough rise over here yeah yeah i um, see it's getting all fluffy yeah absolutely and so we take one of those and then we're just gonna stretch it out here you can see we've got oh, markers yeah. on the table already oh. so you can see the correct size oh, based see, yeah. on, on on which uh, which size they've ordered, and also you need to make sure you're getting the right dressings. And mm. here is also where we would do any any sort of stuffed crust things or extra layers if they're having like an extra layer, like a double layer base yeah. thing. Okay, so we've stretched that out, and then we pass it along to the next uh, to the to the next department, the next uh, dressing table, and we're gonna pass you over to Conrad. Oh, uh, hello. Hello. Uh, so, so what do I what do I do with this uh, s- section? This is my section. I keep this section immaculate. Oh, I see you've brought me a filthy little pizza base. I, 
I, I mean, I've, I've dirty, been... dirty little pizza base. I've been working very hard to keep it clean. You've been very naughty, haven't you? Oh, no, I'm My very little sorry. pizza base. Oh, the pizza base. Yes, yes, yes. This is where Conrad will top the pizza. <laughs> dirty, dirty little pizza. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How you doing? Oh, yeah. You know, well, you know, much as usual, mate. Yeah. You've you been up so much. Uh, you know, been uh, watching a bunch of the uh, uh, games industry trying to get into forming unions. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh. it's been good, you know, seeing, yeah. seeing more, you know, more of them, you know, taking up for... Uh, Taking up the action and, and, yeah. and collective power and all that. It, it's been good seeing a lot of them get through despite the union busting that's been going on. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. We have been seeing the first uh, couple of examples of ones that, you know, the union busting's just uh, knocked down before they've uh, really gotten going. Yeah. It's, uh, it got me thinking about a thing that, like, you know, I've known this for a while, but it's, right. it's good to reiterate to yourself sometimes. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like the best bit of of like evidence that there is out there that unions are are a beneficial thing that you know people should be looking into, other than the factual numerical data that says that unions lead to better working conditions for all employees within a company. Yeah, it's just how hard companies absolutely fight to stop them happening. Yeah, be it in terms of fear mongering about their results or. Uh, you know, trying to dissuade people or make people afraid to uh, vote to unionise. Corporations never care about anything that much unless no. it is their bottom line profits. Yeah, I mean, but, even even in the UK, you you, you got to look at the, the the way the government is just currently fighting to stop unions having any powers. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's clear that uh, the the most power people have is is collective action exactly you look at places that are banning strike action trying to ban unions like the entire reason they do that is because they recognize that you know there are many many more of us than you and it allows for uh, power to consolidate and and have a voice you know they wouldn't they wouldn't fight to stop it if they didn't fear the power that that, that starts to hold. Oh, yeah, you know, they, they want people feeling as, as powerless and, and, and hopeless as possible and, and that that they are the only option and, you know, they're, they're, they're the only game in town and uh, as such, they, 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 the workers generally have no choice but to turn to the most exploitative and, and, and awful companies and, and I, I hope that... Uh, you know, more people, you know, stand up and and form those collective actions, and eventually we we do actually get some 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 real change because it it really feels like we we are coming to a a real header. Yeah. Things really haven't been uh, quite as good as as they are. You know, things have been slowly getting less good for 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 the general public since. Uh, you know, I mean, since the boomers, really, yeah. they had a uh, you know a real good luck of it. Things were still sort of okay for a lot of people in the eighties, and and you know, obviously, since then, things have just gone downhill, just it's shockingly dramatically, really. And I mean, look, a, bust, a, a bust often follows a boom, boom and bust yeah. is a phrase, and the boomers had their time, and things have. Really sort of gone to shit since. The, uh, things really have gone to shit since, and I really hope that uh, we are we are going to start to see uh, some some proper action. You know, I I'm, I'm hearing a lot a lot from uh, a lot of the zennials 
talking about you know how how hopeless things seem and and that I hope that that sort of pushes them as as they get a bit older to 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 take more action to to change that future and and if they have to wrench it out of the hands of, of those who have basically acted so recklessly with the uh, you know with with the state of things that you know that these young people now find themselves in and you know I'm not particularly old myself and you know it's already you know quite concerning and I hope that more collective action happens you know yeah we've got to show these bastards exactly oh, fancy young mate oh yeah <sighs> Ah, good hug, mate, good hug. Right, I think I'll go uh, pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds like a good plan. Nice, nice. Laura, we done a book. <gasps> we did do a book. We done did a book. Do you want to tell us about that book? It's called Who Hunts the Whale. It's a satirical novel set in the, the video game industry and what it would be like to go work for an big video game company. And maybe actually, it's not the dream job you thought it was. Oh, oh, I was, no, I was gonna no. guess it would be good. Is it not? Is it not always good? It's peril. It's peril. Oh, it's no. a story about a person who is maybe a little bit naive, and and they they have some ideas, and then they have their eyes opened, and they learn a lesson, and the end happens. <laughs> <laughs> there, I spoiled the whole book. Oh, I who mean, could have it... guessed the end happens at the end? What? What? The hero's journey? Oh. <laughs> That happened. Oh goodness! Storytelling in the traditional in the a, a traditional... three-act narrative structure of sorts. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 available at unbound.com/book/whale. It's coming out February sixteenth. There's three hundred and twelve copies in this house. Sorry, yeah. three hundred and eleven copies in this house. Yep, uh, and then like another three hundred copies imminently showing up here. Yeah, we've it's... signed a bunch of them. Yeah, there's just books, books everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's real good. Check it out if you haven't already. Uh, you can you can listen to us being interviewed about it on uh, DLC, Downloadable Commentary yeah. podcast. We appeared on that, and we we, we got interviewed. Yeah, we showed up else. in a bunch of places. I um, don't know if and the, all of those things are up yet. But... Uh, I, I, at least one of them isn't up yet, but I feel like we can say we're going to be on talking to women about video games what? coming up soon. I think we can say that. We can probably say that one. Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, uh, maybe maybe look into those things. I, th I think people it, are going to read it and start doing reviews, so you yeah. don't have to trust us anymore. If you ordered a signed copy, there is a 50% chance it's currently in our house already signed. Yep. Yeah, there's a 50-50 chance it's one of the ones in our hallway. We've already doodled in it. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah, what, what, but where can people find you outside of that one book? I mean, it's Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Um, I can now say this because season 9 of Dice Funk is finished. <gasps> season 10 of Dice Funk is starting soon. And what? hey, guess what? Uh, it's going to be a season of two halves, uh, going back and forth between various arcs. One half, I'm going to be a player. The other half, I'm DMing. What? I'm going to be one of the two co-DMs on season 10 of Dice Funk. So if you want to hear me being a Dungeons and Dragons DM in... Uh, I don't know if we've announced the setting of the new season, but, but it's... it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen real soon. Uh, you will hear like three or four episodes of me being a player, then three or four episodes of me... 
being a DM and back and forth for a season. I'm very excited for this. I'm gonna be. I've been yeah. hearing all the the prep work for this. Oh, I've been I've been I've been working my socks off trying to yeah. trying to. I've I've been so nervous about this and like. If you're a regular Dice Funk listener, I do not have as much experience uh, as Austin. Get, let me find my footing, but I'm 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 doing good, I think. I'm, I'm trying also, my best. Austin will save everything in the editing. Exactly. <laughs> Make me sound smart in the. I had to save myself in the edit. There was half an episode. There was an episode where 20 minutes of my audio got lost because Audacity stopped recording, and I didn't notice. Um, it's fine. I stayed up to like 3 a.m. fixing it. It was fine. No one will know the magic of edits. Ah. <sighs> Ah, what about you? Where else are you on the internet? Me, Linktree, linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find links to get all the t-shirts I've designed. I'm wearing one of them now. <gasps> it's got Jungle Skog on it from Ikea, yeah. and it says Junglist Movement, because <laughs> uh, I'm old. And uh, you can get uh, my music under the name Bedroom Programmer. You can help support me for as little as a dollar a month over on patreon.com slash Radio. Uh, yeah, you can help me justify all my life choices and, and so forth and all so on. All of them? Even that one? Even that one, especially that one, where I stay up till silly o'clock in the morning trying to make sure things are entertaining for people and then, you know, have to get up and do a day job the following day yeah. at silly o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you there's, there's, a, there's no night Monday to Friday that I finish work before midnight now. Yep. At least two of them I finish at like 2.30 in the morning. Yep. Yeah, the things we do for content. The things we do to entertain you. So if you enjoy the things we do and you have a little bit of spare cash, maybe give us a support. If you can't do that, maybe give us a share and maybe spread the word and maybe somebody else will be able to support us and that would be very much appreciated and maybe someone else will get a laugh and laughter is really what we're here for. Yeah. Entment. We're here for the entment. Uh, so Laura, <gasps> will you sing us out please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Be a stranger.